Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And today we are in Fort Worth or Dallas or Grand Dallas Prairie. Grand Prairie. Does that which which one does where that count as? Where are yeah, we, Joe? Where are we? So we're in Grand Prairie, Texas. It's literally smack dag in the middle of Dallas and Fort Worth. Oh, and who are you, by the way? So, Joe Zavala, and I kind of work at Zavala's Barbecue a little bit. Sweep the floors, a little bit of everything. Yeah, people are usually yelling at me, telling me to do stuff, and I, I forget that uh, to watch them eat sometimes. And they're like, hey, did you go look at it? I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> There's something on the pit. Yeah, you, you've got a nice new brick-and-mortar restaurant that we're sitting in here, um, but Zavala's Barbecue started as a much smaller operation and has grown so let's uh let's start at the beginning and see uh see where it takes us how did barbecue become something for you so uh growing up uh every weekend or during the football season my dad was cooking out and uh for the dallas cowboys and we have friends and family over all the time and uh you know they're always having a good time on saturday night drinking cold beers and uh, i was like man it looks like fun and uh, as i got older i met my wife uh, Kristen. Uh, in high school and her uh, family loves to cook out every weekend too so between both of our families it was always a cookout every weekend uh, it was either we're at with Kristen at the lake and they were cooking out or I was with my family at my house cooking out or we're down in South Texas and uh, my dad was kind of having to do all the cooking for our, all the parties quinceaneras you know weddings um, and that was just kind of what it was we were always just around a fire and uh, everybody always seemed like they were having a good time. It was always family and friends, and I was just always attracted by that. And uh, as I was growing up, I always wanted to help my dad or Kristen's father out, and they're just like, hey, go get a piece of wood. I couldn't do anything else. Like, I was like, all right, so I get a piece of wood. And that's kind of like, I was always attracted to it. And then uh, we bought a house, and uh, I was like, man, I want to, I want to, like, this is my house. I want to barbecue. Like, I want to invite friends over. I want to have that same kind of feeling growing up uh, that I had. And uh, Kristen's uh, father had an old smoker that was, it was uh, in the back of their house. It was all rotten out. And uh, I was like, man, I want that smoker. I kept on asking. I was like, can I have it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get it fixed and I'll bring it to you. And uh, a couple months passed by. And then I was like, man, I need the smoker. So I just went and stole it. And I had a good friend of mine. Uh, Travis, he uh, welded a, a firebox onto it that was his dad's <laughs> actual toolbox that he had like 20 years ago that he <laughs> welded with metals. So we have this like uh, random uh, firebox on it that didn't make any sense on this old Oklahoma Joe. And uh, I was able to make two briskets and a pork butt on there. Please, so. please tell me you have pictures of this thing. I do. Oh, I still yeah. have it. Her name's Guadalupe. So nice. Uh, one thing we try to do with all of our pits is kind of name it to a female uh, of Texas. And you know, I know Guadalupe is religious and the river, but it was like the first thing that came to my head. I was like, you know, this, her name's Guadalupe. And I did a brisket for uh, after we bought our house. Let's um, see, when we bought our house uh, in 2015. So Fourth of July, I made my first brisket. I was so excited. I was like, ooh, I'm gonna make a brisket and a pork butt. So we had a party at our house for 4th of July. I made a pork butt and a brisket. So excited. I was uh, drinking beer all night long. Then the morning I woke up, or woke up, I, I was still up. 
and I was drinking uh, coffee and Bailey's. So I was like, oh yeah, I can do this. Uh, I didn't realize you're not supposed to drink that much alcohol when you're uh, cooking. <laughs> we make the food and everybody comes over and then I'm like kind of rushing in. And I'm like, oh, hopefully this can get done. And then I'm just going by the hours. Like I'm not feeling, touching, anything. Like I'm like, oh, this is gonna be great. So we slice it up and everybody eats it. Everybody's like the greatest thing in the world. And uh, CJ, he comes and eats it. He's like, man, this is garbage. Like this is the worst thing I ever tasted in my and, life. And, it, and it, honestly, that's a true friend because you know what we tell lots of people is, you know, free barbecue is always the greatest barbecue. And friends and family are usually going to tell you it's great no matter what. But but an honest and a good friend is going to going to be honest with you. Yeah, and I wish I I wish he just said this is garbage. I mean, this is the fucking worst thing I ever had. <laughs> I was like, oh okay, uh, thank you for telling me that. So after that, I was cooking out every weekend and everybody's getting tired because of this barbecue. Like, I don't want any more barbecue. And I just kept on making it, making it, making it. Kept on, people are like, oh, this is, okay. this is great. And Cedar's like, oh, this is okay. And then finally uh, around November, uh, or actually October, it was our good friend of ours. It was his birthday and he wanted me to make a brisket. I was like, all right, I'm gonna make two briskets. CJ ate, ate a piece of it. It's like, man, this is actually pretty good. So around that time, I was like, man, I need to pay off my student loans. Like maybe, maybe I should start selling briskets. Like I can do pre-orders only. So I'm not going to have any upfront costs. I know exactly how much I need to make and we'll do it through social media. So I opened up a website. I got all the social media handles and that was around November timeframe. And I was asking Kristen, it's like, this makes sense. She was like, yeah, let's do it. Like we'll see where it goes. And, um, we did it. I was so excited. I was like, Yes, like we're gonna start this business. So January one, we do all the social media posts like Savala's Barbecue, open for business. And the whole time I was telling CJ, he's like, man, I'm sold out for like the first three weeks. Like everybody's gonna buy it. Like it's great. He's like, man, you don't make money off likes. Like remember that. I was like, no, I'm telling you, man. Like people are telling me they're gonna order it. And he's like, okay. So uh, again, all we can make is two briskets and one pork butt on there. And we were delivering it. We said we're gonna deliver it all through DFW. We post that, hey, we're taking pre-orders. So I was so excited. So as the week was going on, we didn't get a single order at all. I was, I was kind of like, shit, what the hell am I doing? Like, Kristen's like, it's all right. CJ's like, I told you, bro. I didn't wanna get your, I didn't wanna get your hopes up, but it's gonna happen. And so uh, Saturday comes, that morning I post like, thank you everybody for the orders. Now taking orders for next day or for next week. And uh, we got a uh, two pound order for brisket because we weren't taking anything that we could at all. And so it started off with, you know, two pounds here, three pounds here. And then finally uh, we were able to sell a brisket a week. And we did that for a couple of weeks. Kristen was uh, making the sides and the hot sauce and she was driving me around. I wasn't getting any sleep at all. I would leave work, put the brisket on and I was pulling them off like at seven in the morning and we had to let them rest for two hours. So that would be nine o'clock. And then from there, then we're driving to go dropping off throughout DFW. Like we would go up to McKinney or Westlake or Mansfield or Southlake. And that's like 45 minutes an hour where, where we're dropping off two pounds of brisket with potato salad and beans. And I'm like, yeah, man, we're doing it. Like, this is, this is awesome. I'm like looking back at it now, I was like, what the hell were we thinking? Like, now I understand why Kristen was getting upset at me all the time. She's like, this is stupid. And I was like, yeah, like now looking at it back, it was really stupid for us to do. And we got to a point where we were selling two briskets and a pork butt a, a week. And we're like, man, we're doing it. And we did that for like a year. And then we're like, man, we need to get a bigger, 
smoker if we're going to try to do anything about it. So we bought a 500 gallon and my buddy Travis, who put the firebox on there, he built it for us, him and his dad. And uh, we're so lucky that they did it. And as they built it, CJ signed us up to do a pop-up. And I'm like, dude, we're not at the hot uh, city of Grand Prairie, the Hatch Green Chili Fest. It's like, we're not doing a pop-up, man. It's like, you're doing it. And I'm like, all right, he signs us up and we do it. And I take pre-orders on that also, just to make sure that we're gonna get the, get the money in. Cause like, I don't know how much to make. And I, I wanna make sure we get that guaranteed money to be able to pay off for the food that we purchased before we noticed, like, like that was that pop-up that Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, it was on Saturday, we're like, we need a second smoker. So I had to ask one of my coworkers' friends, uh, their, uh, her husband had a smoker that was like 40 years old. That was from West Texas. Like it was like this old school, like, the smokestack, like literally it was like two inch diameter. It was only like four inches tall. I'm like, what am I gonna do with this? So I just made sure the briskets weren't in there. Quickly realized, oh my, we need a thousand gallon. If we're gonna truly try to be able to give the food to the people that are asking for it. Is this still for the, the first pop-up or you're talking about? No, this is the first pop-up. <laughs> so you're already, already onto a thousand gallon potentially for the first pop-up. Yeah. Uh, so we, after we did the first pop-up, we right. realized that we need a thousand gallons. So after we did, the, did that pop-up, we put the down payment with AJ to purchase that. Uh, and this was like, this was a year and a half into it. So we were just doing two briskets, but when we did that pop-up, it was about a year and a half into it. It was, uh, so for a whole year, we just had, Oklahoma Joe that we're doing two briskets. August was when we did the pop-up for the Hatch Green Chili Fest, and that was a year and a half. Yeah, about a year and one uh, eight months. We're like, oh man, if we're gonna do another pop-up, we gotta have a thousand gallon because we can't make as much as we need. So we put the down payment after we did that, and then we did another pop-up uh, for um, three months later, and we still had the 500 gallon. We borrowed the other smoker in uh, Christmas time frame. And we actually had to make double the amount. And I'm like, okay, people actually like our stuff. So, okay. Then we started thinking about where can we, if we're gonna build this brand, we have to make sure that we're somewhere every Saturday. Cause uh, somebody just like stuck in my head. It's like, hey, if you're gonna build a brand or a restaurant, people need to know your food's gonna be there. Like every single, whatever day you're there. I was like, oh man. And this whole time you're working a full-time job and oh, yeah. trying to do all this. Full-time job. So my Monday through Friday, I'm a, I'm a consultant. So I'm really, I love my job. I get to work with technology, work with really smart people and they're, they make it really fun. Um, and everybody's like really nice and supportive too. So it's been, it's been a really great journey and uh, they've always been pushing me to be better and the ongoing joke is like so when are you gonna leave and i'm like man i gotta i gotta he's gonna be one this month on the 25th it's like i gotta make sure i have good insurance <laughs> but um it's been it's been a good journey In insurance is a, is a very big and serious problem for small business i mean the cost of insurance um and i mean being able to pay it and having a company that, that either helps subsidize it and or has a good plan that you can work through yeah, because that's 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 the biggest thing. Like, because it's the unknown. Because you know everybody doesn't expect something to happen, but when it does, it can be crippling. And uh, you know that's one thing uh, that we always try to do is you know especially I know I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but my, uh, my wife Kristen she uh, put her left her job about three weeks ago to open up Moss Coffee Co. That's going to be here 
uh, selling coffee and then selling Zavala's barbecue uh, tacos, breakfast tacos. But it's like, hey, you know, I have a really good job that I love and you know, this is an opportunity for you to be able to grow which, what you're really passionate about is coffee. And you know, we have this place now that we're only occupying on Saturdays, like why don't you go ahead and utilize it and do it? And so she took a leap of faith and she's gonna do it and she's actually working really closely with, with Drew, my business partner, uh, girlfriend, and that's their baby. That's what they're gonna run and go do. And so we're really excited for them. They're hoping to hope to open that, you know, January, or excuse me, January, uh, June, uh, beginning, middle of June. So that's uh, when they're gonna do that. And it's a good use, you know, again, you've got the lease for 24 hours a day. Um, and especially for you, you're not, you're only open on Saturdays. So it, you know, what can you do with that lease off time? And so that's a good, it's a, it's a very good idea. And plus you said like breakfast tacos, which helps the Zavala's brand as well. Yeah, for sure. And that's one thing that, uh, as we've been going through this, uh, <laughs> we've been going through this whole journey is, uh, how amazing the community is and how much more they want from us. And it's like one of those things of, to your point is when are we going to take that leap of faith? And I don't know when the right time is. I know, uh, I know it's not now, but uh, you know, it might come up sooner than we, than I expected. Cause, uh, you know, as, as we're growing and our, our main thing is just to give the best customer service and make sure people feel like they're part of our family. We're, we're building those regulars and building that family of people that are so excited just to come here. And it's not even about eating our food. It's just having a conversation with us. And that's one thing uh, when Kristen, when we first like started, she kind of like said, you got to move the line faster. I said, no, everybody gets whatever time they want with us. Like we're going to have a good time and have a conversation with them. Like this is, this is the experience. Like, yes, the food's a big part of it, but I want them to feel like they known us forever and they're part of our family. Cause that's the one thing growing up in the bar, like with my family barbecue. And it's like, it was always communal and always about just family. That, that's what barbecue does. It brings everybody together. Even if you don't even have a single thing that is relatable to somebody, everybody's gonna relate to good food. Everybody's gonna relate to just eating and just drinking. It could be a beer, it could be a, a Big Red, it could be a Topo Chico, whatever. It's just you know bringing people together. That's, that, that's the biggest thing that we try to do, no matter what. And you started building that clientele early as you started doing more pop-ups in, in the Grand Prairie area. And the response was enormous. You guys were selling out every single weekend. No matter how much you cooked, you would sell out quickly. Yeah, well, the funny thing is when we started everything, when Chris and CJ were driving me around uh, to deliver these uh, barbecue throughout DFW, I thought my clientele was not Grand Prairie. I thought it was... Dallas, I thought it was South Lake, I thought it was Fort Worth, because that's where we were delivering. And I was like telling everybody, like, man, when we do these pop-ups, all these people are going to be coming here. Like, this is where they're going to come to eat our barbecue. And uh, quickly I realized that, no, it's literally Grand Prairie, like 70%, 80% of our clientele's and our family are from Grand Prairie. And they're so passionate and so proud of this is, they almost take ownership of us that this is our place. Like, this is where we're gonna come and eat. I don't want anybody else here, but we're gonna tell everybody about it because we're proud of it. And it's like the most beautiful thing ever. Like, we have people here that come all the time to eat our barbecue. Like, it could be, you know, a 19 year old, 20 year old. It could be a 75 year old that comes. Like, we have this one uh, guy, Chuck, he comes every week. 
and he buys a beef rib that you're like, are, do you sure you want a beef rib? He buys a beef rib and two pounds of brisket. And his joke to us is like, I'm a, uh, what do you say? I'm a Chuck, Chuck that, or two buck Chuck that spends 80 bucks, something like that. <laughs> and, um, and so we like always kid with him and we gave him a hat. We said, we're gonna give you this hat and we want you to wear it all the time. He's like, for sure. And every single time he wears it. And the only time he doesn't wear it when it's raining, he's like, I don't want to mess up the hat. And I'm like, wow. And it just makes us so happy that he's like so proud and just comes and just wants to have, you know, a conversation with us, but also really enjoys our food. Yeah. When, when you bring barbecue, you know, a modern style of barbecue to an area that hasn't had much of it, they are going to latch onto that place. And we've seen it in other, you know, other areas that didn't have a plethora of barbecue options other than maybe the place that, you know, has been open forever, but they're, you know, maybe they're more of a throwback place that, you know, the locals go and things like that. But when you have people that get that taste of craft barbecue somewhere else, whether that's Dallas, Austin, wherever, and then they come back to their small town, they're like, why isn't this here? Well, when it finally shows up, it's, it's a big deal to a lot of people. But, but to your point, I mean, there's, there's, we don't want to call them barbecue deserts, but <laughs> there's underserved areas yeah. of, of different towns and you want to build that core there's very few people that are barbecue like tourists. A charity PSA for that, like yes. for the price of a brick and mortar, <laughs> you too can have craft barbecue. You can buy one brick with your name on it. Yeah, pretty um, much. But you know, you, you've got a core market because there's there's very few people that do barbecue tourism. I mean, you know, for yes, we're idiots, but there's not a lot of us. And you know, if they do that, a lot of times they're going to do historical barbecue joints or things like that. So you've got a core market that you have to have to you know fundamentally apply yourselves to and make sure that you're serving that community to your point it's great when they feel like it's ownership it's their their place i mean tomball with tay house is a good example and magnolia kind of in between magnolia and tomball with reveille it's becoming the local place and the local hangout and so you've got to serve those people and what they want no you definitely have to and that's one thing uh kind of one thing i picked up from snows i know where if you're from the town you can kind of, I don't know if I should say this on the, on the podcast, but you can get some barbecue. And that's one thing I want to make sure, like our local people, no matter if we do grow, and hopefully we do, is I want to make sure they're always going to have the accessibility of our barbecue. So I, it's, it's like one of, those, one of those things you find balance into uh, being able to, for the people that love barbecue and want to come here, that's great. I love them. Please come on. Like if you know, want to hang out anytime. The people that have been able to kind of get us where we're at, I want to make sure that we're always going to be able to take care of them. Even even Franklin Barbecue did that a couple of years back. I think it was during South by Southwest or something like that, where they naturally get bombarded and none of the locals want to go. They chose one. Oh, they opened on a Monday, which they're usually closed on Mondays. And if you had an Austin driver's license, you got to get in line. And then he only served the Austinites. Is, is that it an Austin driver's license? So it's a special thing. Like, you know. it's, it's made out of hemp. Yes. It, yeah. It allows you to drive in the left lane slower than the speed limit. That, that's right. That's I right. know, man. I, like Austin's like so crazy. And that day they opened at two in the afternoon when they all woke up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but no, but it's exactly to your point. And some places will do that where they'll do five percent discounts. Even it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's something. To no, people that have a local local ID. And so, so one thing, like for any city employee, any police department, uh, uh, fire, medical here in City Grand Prairie, we get ten percent off. Like, like, because we're really appreciative of everybody, and 
you know, want to make sure that we can give back anywhere we can. Uh, and that's the thing that I'm always, Kristen's always kind of pushing me and everybody's always pushing Like, as we grow, it's like, how are we going to be able to give back? Because the communities are, the community is who got us here. And we have to make sure that we're always going to respect them and we're always going to be able to do whatever we need to, to be able to give back any way we can. So going back to the brick and mortar and how this became a reality for you guys from the pop-up stage to now where, where we sit, how did this first come about to where you started thinking that, okay, we're, we're doing this, how long can we do this in a pop-up mode and should we move into a permanent spot? So uh, when we did the pop-ups, we, we only did two pop-ups. Like, I call them pop-ups. Like, we did two pop-ups with the city and there were, there were platforms for us to be able to show our barbecue. Uh, to the mass uh, public here in Grand Prairie. And then uh, the last one, Drew actually met the owner of the Brass Bean, who had a coffee shop uh, that's been here for, it was here for like 16, 17 years. Jonathan uh, was the owner, great guy, uh, right about our age. He came up, uh, so we've been drinking Lone Star probably. Is this sponsored by Lone Star today? Sure. Uh, it could we, be. Uh, we've been drinking Lone Star probably for about the last five or six years. Lone Star Light too, like I, because I, I can't drink the heavy. Like Light, I can drink a whole bunch of. And uh, Jonathan came up and said, "Hey, can I get a beer?" We're like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm in the Brass Bean." We're like, oh, "All right, yeah, here's a beer, man." So he had a couple beers with us and thought nothing of it. And we were looking at a uh, building that was right up the street from the Brass Bean. It was an 800 square feet building. Uh, they only wanted $700 a month for a uh, rent. We're like, holy shit, like this is awesome. And then uh, we started talking to this city and the city's like, you need to add a grease trap, you need a vent hood. And so we're like adding everything up. It's like, man, this is like $70,000. Hey, uh, person that we're gonna lease this from, how much are you gonna give us? Nothing. And we're like, all right. So I'm talking to Drew, I'm like, man, what are we gonna do? Like, are we just gonna front this money and know that if we front it, they're gonna leave and, or they can kick us out anytime and they get the $70,000 equipment and now the turnkey for another restaurant? We're like, all right, we're gonna do it. And so as we're like working with all the contracts and everything, four days later, we get a message from the city and they're like, somebody just pulled a CO on that property or that uh, unit. We're like, what? So the lady that we're talking to, she just, you know, I don't blame her, she's in the business. She, Somebody else took it, and it was a, a Salvadorian restaurant, and they had a, they put a grease trap and everything. They're still open right now. And, uh, I'm like, holy crap! You're like y'all put all that money into those. Teach your own. So we're like, shit. Like we're on plan number Z now, and we're like, what are we gonna do next? And then we started talking to the city uh, about the farmers market. It's one of the top farmers markets in uh, the state of Texas, and it's closed from uh, December to March. And uh, we started talking, they're like, yeah, you can use it. And then I started, we're like, yeah. So we started making the plans for that. Then I started freaking out because I'm like, okay, what happens after March? Like, what happens if we get it following? Where are we going to go next? And we knew that that didn't make sense at all. So uh, I forgot who said it. It's like, hey, you should reach out to the Brass Bean to see if we can work out of there. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. So we had a meeting with Jonathan and said, hey, you keep all the drink sales, desserts, and we're just gonna sell food and we're just gonna try to bring people here. He's like, yeah, for sure. And there's a fee that was involved with it and it worked out well. And uh, so we did it and we're open for like four weeks. And then uh, we had uh, Daniel Ian Dallas from D Magazine come out and he wrote an article about us and we're truly blessed. Like, thank you so much for doing that. 
after that happens, uh, the uh, environmental service, we get, we get shut down by the city uh, because we were utilizing their health permit. I thought I was doing everything right, but in reality, I wasn't. So uh, the city educated me on the way to do it properly. So, and, and for that business, that just that'd be a temporary permit that you have to renew every. You have to do it every time you pop up. Yeah. Right? So yeah. Uh, we uh, had to do a special event permit. So that was a that was a good education. We were shut down for uh, four days, and that was on a Tuesday. So it wasn't until like Friday afternoon that we knew that we got accepted to be able to be open for that Saturday. So it was. It was like, man, we got this great ride up, and then we got shut down. It's like, are you kidding me? But you know, you get you got to really work with the city. Like, if you don't work with the cities, like, it's, it's just gonna make a headache. Like, just work with them, figure it out, and it'll, it'll all work out. And uh, they worked with us, and they opened us. They were so excited. Like, the officials were like, oh my god, like, you know, you're in D Magazine. That's one of our large uh, magazines here in Dallas Fort Worth. So it was really cool. So we, uh, as we were doing these. Uh, I don't even know you call them pop-ups. We were, we were just, we were there every Saturday. And uh, we started realizing, it's like, man, we need, we're gonna have to find a location long-term if we truly are gonna well, wanna the, be the sustained. The buzz was growing, continued to grow very quickly. I mean, we saw lots of, of photos and feedback and people that had been out here. I mean, you know, it wasn't, wasn't just D Magazine, but obviously that gives you a lot of exposure, but the word was definitely on the street at that time. Yeah, I'm gonna give a shout out to Terry. You know, Terry's like one of uh, the first like- Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> one of like the barbecue guys that, you know, I'm like, oh, this guy like really knows barbecue. And he came out and he ate it and I was like, hey, what do you think? He's like, stuff's good. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, it's, it's good. He came by himself because his uh, wife and kids, they had to stay with uh, his family in Fort Worth area. So he just snuck out to come eat. And he's, he's come like four times. And I'm so appreciative. He was here like two weeks ago, and every time I see him, I'm like, Terry, what's going on? <laughs> Full so, disclosure, five minutes after we left your restaurant, I got a text from Terry. It just said, well, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, I love you. Um, we love him too. No, I really appreciate him. And, uh, and so it started off where we were like, are we gonna, are people gonna come? People started coming. Then it was like, oh, people are driving to come eat at our place. Then it was like, Oh, people have expectations when they come eat here. Then it was like, oh, uh, you ran out of food. Like we like we were always the bad guy. And yeah, I mean, the locals don't. I mean, obviously, national food writers will understand when you run out of food. But the locals, they don't always necessarily get that. Yeah, it's been it's been you know we've been we've been lucky because we're teaching as we go to everybody and. They've been receptive. Like we, every once in a while, we have those. But everybody's been receptive. Like everybody's been good. I, I think there's been a big shift. I mean, we've talked to a lot of people about about barbecue and and styles. And as craft barbecue became popular, I mean, probably three to five years ago, when you tried to serve craft barbecue and craft barbecue meaning a a fattier cut of meat with with more fat on the trim, people didn't know how to do it. They didn't know how to oh, order no. it. Um, but I, I think they're much more receptive to that. You don't get as many people that are complaining that, you know, half my brisket was fat. Yeah. And those type of things. I think the most exciting thing is, and I, I'll go back to this, like, it's really cool having, like, the hipsters, like, come eat it and the younger generation come eat it. But, man, seeing, like, the older generation, like, the people that, like, two weeks ago we had this uh, – older lady that was probably, I might even, she was probably in her 
mid 70s and she was like so excited to eat this and she couldn't stop raving about it and it's like wow like like we're able to give somebody something that makes them excited that has probably a barbecue forever and it was like a new thing for them and that's like cool it really is yeah to give someone that first experience even some that may have been eating barbecue like you said their entire lives that first experience of what craft barbecue can be when it's done properly and you know, now obviously the, the popularity of barbecue you're gonna get more and more people doing it more people wanting to do it not everyone's going to be as successful not everyone's going to be able to put or be willing to put in the time and the effort to turn out the product that you guys are turning out but when it's done well it can it can change your perception on something you've been eating your whole life i mean that happened to that happened to brian and i it's why we have this dumb show now is because i love your show it's not dumb <laughs> thank you thank you but that, that, that's why we do what we do now is because we had that experience of wow this is like i grew up eating one thing but now it's turned into something else and and you're you get to provide that first experience for a lot of people in this area yeah and that's great but i think the thing that's been really amazing is like i've met some of my closest friends now like it's it's been great like my two big brothers is you know jordan and reed like and they've Drew and I like they've like taken us on our wings and kind of been our big brothers and we're able to like to ask questions They're able to talk shit back to us and you know, it, it's been really great and without them they, they they've taught me a lot of good fundamentals I'm really appreciative of of them because I don't think I we we drew uh, CJ Kristen all of us like I don't think we would be here without without them uh, being mentors for sure what do you think is, is the biggest thing that you've learned from them? Patience. Time. You can't rush it at all. That's the biggest thing. Like when I first started doing this, I used to have a book of like all these details and CJ and Drew used to laugh at me because I was like taking all this notes and everything and uh, like meeting Drew and Reed, I realized fast, like it's all about time, fill, and it's, it's going to get there. It's going to get there. Like, it's all right. It's going to get there. So, yeah, obviously, we're, we're talking about Jordan Jackson from Bodacious Barbecue. We're also talking about uh, Reed Guest from Guest Family Barbecue in Waco. Two great places where, if you're listening to this, you haven't been there, you need to go there to their, to those gentlemen's place. You need to get to the follows, of course, as well. Nah, not okay. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And, and let's talk about this menu here. So, Drew does all the sausage. I don't make sausage at all. At all. That is all Drew and Cameron. They make the sausage. And then CJ's mom... Uh, she makes our tamales. So I wish I could take credit for all that stuff, but I can't. I, I don't do any of that stuff at all. One we we that... didn't even have the cheesy jalapeno hominy. No, we've been doing that for a lot. It's so great because people are like, what's hominy? You're like, what? Like, you don't know what hominy is? Like, that's well, what we Well, not everybody can get out to Poties. Yeah. yeah. Poties yeah. is famous for his green chili yeah. hominy. Oh, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's, it's one of the few barbecue joints. I've, you're, you're one of the few barbecue joints now that serves it. But yeah, uh, Poties out in Pecos serves it as well. Your brisket is something that we aren't seeing enough of in texas barbecue now the 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 coarse black pepper is awesome um it's one of the first things we loved about barbecue from going to places like louis miller west well, was growing expensive, pepper. And a lot of people i think have backed off their pepper yeah, yeah. Uh, john miller has pepper, half pepper is expensive pepper. yes and cj holds me ransom because he has a picture of where we get our pepper and what mesh we get he's like you screw me over i got you because he enters <laughs> our social media he's like i'm posting it i'm like dude come on don't do that to me yeah, the, the heavy black pepper rub was great. I mean, the brisket was cooked incredibly well, and, and the rub was just awesome. Um, it's, and it's unique, and it's not something you can get everywhere in, in 
we were the first the first bite. I think everyone at the table ate, and we were like, oh. Yeah, like this is different. Well, it, it's different but familiar. Yes, so, yes. you know it, it. It is a. It's like I said. It's it's a style of rub we like. John Miller, Westerina, um, Jim Buchanan. Um, I mean, obviously, Mo- most of the hot yeah. and fast guys cook yeah. with coarse black pepper, which is kind of I don't know if except there's a correlation for, to that. Well, except for so we're not hot and fast. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but we do wrap and full. Interesting. Has that been a day one thing? You've always since day one, without giving up too many secrets. Do you wrap like midway through the cook? I mean, or is so, it? So we cook our briskets for probably about 14, 15 hours and about between 10 to 11, 12 hours. Then we wrap. It's in fairly late in the cook. Yeah. 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 So it's definitely, what's the stall? Like 170, 180? Yeah, about 170 ish, yeah. Oh, we're way past the stall when we wrap. Yes, I mean, yeah, the, some of the, the, the old school logic was when they wrapped in foil they wrapped a lot earlier like six seven hours yeah it was usually to speed things up when you were trying right. to do that because yeah. they were still cooking hot and fast but then that wasn't enough they'd wrap it in but foil we do but I, I do uh wrapping paper just to bring the bark back together there it, you go because yeah, because it, it uh, when you said that it was like hold on there's <laughs> there's enough crunch to that bark yeah <laughs> no no so we uh when we rest we we have it in butcher paper so you actually do both yeah, yeah. well so people are like, like man you spend a lot of money it's like oh yeah you got to do it to do it right. Yeah. Yeah. Sausage. Who wants to talk about sausage? Drew, you're going to talk about your sausage? It's all it's all rolling. <laughs> like, literally, our sausage is from rolling. Is it not, Drew? See, when did we start making our own sausage? About two years ago? Yeah, probably about two years. So we started making our sausage probably about two years ago. And uh, we're really fortunate. Jordan is really kind to let us come. We've, we hung out there a couple times. And uh, one time, we were able to hang out there. And uh, Roland shows up and, you know... I was like, holy shit, this is Roland here. And, and uh, you're talking about? Roland, uh, Roland, Roland Lindsay. Lindsay? Yep. Okay, yeah, the Roland Lindsay from Bodacious Barbecue. And uh, th- that's the reason why it's called Pizza Pepper Sausage, is for Roland. So we were there, and he was eating, uh, he was testing a rib, and uh, he liked to test a lot of ribs. And uh, we're back there just talking to him, and uh, me and Drew were there sitting down talking about sausage, and he was telling us how he came up with everything. And then he started like talking about Jordan, and it's like, yeah, you know, he wants to mix it up and he'll throw some, some pizza pepper in there, pizza pepper. And we're like, what the hell is he talking about? And he means red pepper, crushed red pepper. That's pizza pepper. Wow. Yep. Okay. And then we realized. Well, that's what we were trying to figure out. Like, this does not taste like pepperoni. This doesn't taste like a pizza. So yeah. we, didn't, we didn't get why it was we called. We literally had people tell us that it tastes like pizza. <laughs> and also like the sloppy wand that we have was because of, you know, Jordan and Roland, East Texas, and, you know, they had the Sloppy Wands, and I, or excuse me, the Sloppy Joes, and I tell you, I'll, I'll take a Sloppy Joe over anything, and, uh, you know, it was the greatest thing, like, especially, you know, Jordan out at uh, Gladewater now, it's like, it's all brisket, so if you want to go out there, get you a, a Sloppy Joe, um, and uh, so we're like, man, we need a, I wanted to call it Sloppy Jose, and uh, CJ said, you just want to use your name, we're not calling it Sloppy Jose, it's a Sloppy Wand. <laughs> so uh, turn into a sloppy one, and uh, we just started utilizing uh, some of the brisket, and then we have a base of uh, pork in there, and just put uh, we we do use uh, Bodacious uh, barbecue sauce, and uh, we put that in our mix, and we just put it in a tortilla, and we called it a sloppy one. Okay, so that's what we had. Yeah. Okay. We, uh, to be honest, we didn't even know what the hell that was. <laughs> no, 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 because it was, it, was, it was great. And what we tasted was we both tasted like a salsa and a barbecue sauce. And we're like, 
this goes really well together. It was like chunks of, of tomatoes yeah, was, in with the barbecue sauce. Yes. Well, one thing. So that's a sloppy wine, people. Get that, that is a sloppy wine. Yes. It is a mixture. So ideally, when we first started, as we were, you know how it goes, when you're slicing, you start having all these trimmings, all these burn-ins that just fall off. So we're like, what are we going to do with this? So we just put it all with sauce. And we're like, all right, we're going to throw in a taco. And, you know, that was kind of the basis of, from the sloppy joe that we're gonna do and then people started ordering like crazy and we're like okay we got to kind of make this and make a base that we're gonna add stuff to and that's where we you know do pork butts and then we add everything in there like brisket sometimes you get lucky get some barbacoa or beef ribs <laughs> some people get lucky get some turkey in there it's just a mixture of everything yeah well let's go back to the the, the pizza pepper sausage so what is in the pizza pepper sausage it's a very basic mix. <laughs> it's salt, pepper. It's literally salt, pepper, garlic powder, onion powder, cayenne, and red pepper flakes. Don't you have paprika in there? And, yeah, obviously. Gotta have paprika. paprika. Yeah. Lots of paprika. Yeah, turn it paprika. Red, no, that's basically it. I mean, uh, it's as simple as it gets, but most people, they're like, oh man, I really like it. And then you get the weird things where they're like, oh, this tastes like pizza. But, <laughs> we no, at least it, didn't do that. We were just confused why it didn't taste like. Yeah, we were, we were trying to figure out like, did we get the wrong sausage? I'm not sure because it does not. No, the pizza no. pepper, which is red pepper flakes, which yeah. does come with your little packets. So, yeah, so that makes it's sense. exactly like he said though. I mean, we literally it, that was one of the most entertaining four or five hours of just saying, and I was so tired because we'd stayed up all night. We were hanging out with Scott when Scott was still there. When, yeah, Scott. Scott, where there. are you? And we went to some random bar in Longview and hung out there till oh boy. two in the morning and then left there. And then we went back early in the morning and then talked to Roland for, I don't know, probably four or five hours. And I was like, I, Joe stayed with him and I was like, I got to go take a nap. And I went back to the car. No, Roland, Roland was a wealth of information. Yeah. Oh, it, it was, was amazing. It was great so that you guys fun. got to spend time with him. Yeah. Yeah, when he says he was testing ribs, he was literally cleaning ribs. <laughs> like the bone was all that was left. The early days so far have been successful i mean and that's one thing that people listening really need to realize when when you're a one day operation like you said you have to cook based on weather what's going on in your city at that time i mean you have to factor in all those things because you can't reutilize a lot of that product the following day yeah good good lesson learned for us is we've we're never been open on friday and the city houses open like we have a huge main street so we're in downtown grand prairie Grand Prairie is investing a lot of time, effort, and monetary uh, money into downtown to be able, they just, they just want to bring people back in here and they're trying to get great restaurants here. And so we, uh, we open up and then we, our good friends, they open up the firehouses down the street from us. And you know, as we're, as we're growing, they're asking us to open more and we're trying to figure out, okay, how do we do that because uh, we all have Monday through Friday jobs, and we they asked us. We, there's a huge festival that's this. I think it was the eighth annual this year. They asked us to open up on a Friday. We're like, all right, but we knew that people. The city hall is only like 500 feet away from us, or 500 yards away from us. We knew that okay, we're not gonna be able to waste stuff. We got to do stuff that's really quick so people get in and out. So we did half chickens. We did full slab of ribs, half slab of ribs. We did sides, and then we did sausage links. That's it. We made 100 half chickens, we made 30 slabs of uh, pork ribs, and there's some weekends that are Saturdays that we can't even sell 12 slabs. Like, we have like four or five left over. And I'm freaking out, like, what are we gonna do with all this extra food? I'm asking Drew and Kristen, are we gonna do pool, smoke, chicken, tomatillo tacos? Like, I'm like, what are we gonna do? And we sold out in an hour and 10 minutes, 
and we have people that were upset, but we also have people that when we knew that we're about to sell out or we, they weren't gonna get any food, we walked out and said, hey guys, I just want you to know, I know this is your lunch time, that you may not be able to get food. Like, I'm so sorry, but I just want, it's like, no, we're gonna wait and see if there's food. I was like, wow, thank you. And you know, at a minimum, most people were able to get some sausage, but who would have thought you would sell a hundred half chickens? Like, come on now, like, no. And then 30 slabs of pork ribs and they did. Like we had one guy order five slabs of pork ribs to take back to work. Wow. We're like, okay. He, he was the big winner at work. I'm sure everybody yeah. liked him that day. Yeah. yeah. Walk in with five slabs of ribs. The community has been really good to us. I mean, it's amazing the amount of people that walk in they're, they're, He's Joe always asks everybody, where, where are y'all from or where'd you come from? And tip, the typical answer is Grand Prairie. But I mean, occasionally now though, we're getting people I see, or I think more and more we get people that are like, oh, I came from Mansfield or I came from Dallas or I came from Fort Worth. So we're getting people a little bit now more and more. And I, we've had people come in from all over. I mean, the, I think somebody came from like South Texas from like Brownsville or something. Actually, like I think Kristen says somebody was in town from South Korea and they found us on the internet and they're here in Dallas. I don't think they came here from South Korea to get. No, no, they didn't come for us, but they like Google, they came here. No, so that was kind of cool. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. No, it's just, it's, it's so much fun to see Grand Prairie people get excited and come out and I, they support us so well. It's so there's, there's some history to this building, um, mm -hmm. as there is to most of downtown Grand Prairies, as you were telling us before we uh, hit record here. Uh, tell us a little bit about the history of the building that you know of. Yeah, so this uh, building is from 1947. It was originally a Weber's root beer. Uh, they're based out of Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma. But actually, there's one location still open, and we need to get the root beer. So it was a, a drive-in yeah. restaurant. Okay, that's what it looks like, yep. and that's okay, yeah. It was a hamburger drive-in root beer place. Then there's one open still in Tulsa, and I've been saying we're gonna get the root beer, and I, I lied, I haven't got it yet. But that's what it was. Then it was a bakery. Then it was actually a Mexican restaurant. Then it was a bakery. And then actually CJ met the uh, person that owned the Mexican restaurant about a month ago. So that was kind of cool. It's like, oh, we used uh, our family oh, they, this. Yeah, they came in before we opened. Yep. So that was that was really cool. Um, so the, the, this is actually downtown Main Street is a historical uh, highway. And so when uh, so when uh, JFK was here in Fort Worth, he, he was giving his speeches. He actually came through Grand Prairie, and there's pictures all over the place where he was in downtown Grand Prairie giving a speech to all the public before he headed to Dallas. Uh, so there's a lot of history on this uh, street, and the city is truly trying to get it, you know, trying to get the restaurants out here, try to get the bars out here. And we're really excited to see what the future holds for it. And uh, we just want to make sure that we're going to be a staple here, and we'll still be here you know, 20 or 25 years from now. So speaking of future, we always have to ask. Um, obviously, things are in flux. You, everyone's got full-time jobs. What is there a five-year plan for Zavala's, or what, what's the what's the ultimate goal and hope of what Zavala's will be? So there, there'll never be more than one Zavala's. It'll just be this. So one thing that we're excited about is uh, Kristen's opening up Moss Coffee Co. Uh, my wife, uh, working really closely with uh, Drew's girlfriend Bonnie. They'll be uh, selling coffee Tuesday through Friday and uh, they'll be having a breakfast tacos through there. Right. And, uh, Do we have hours for that yet in case you want to plug it? Or? Yeah, uh, it's going to be from 6 a.m. to 11. Okay. And then uh, our goal is ultimately to be open 
every Friday by October, November-ish of this year. Uh, it's just, you know, we want to be able to make sure we're going to find somebody as passionate as us that, that that's going to want to come and be part of this. Like, I mean, build, building a team is huge. I mean, like, like you mentioned, you know, like uh, Brian Bingham and, and folks like that that come on board and and really make it a team effort and make, yeah. make finding it people that care about it as much as you oh yeah because I'll, I'll i'll say this if i if i ever find that person that truly is committed and passionate as as we all are like they're set for life like i'm never gonna let them leave like i you no, there's no way because this is hard work and to find somebody that actually loves it and wants to get better at it because that's one of the things with barbecue you're never you're always learning and you always have to get better. You're never gonna be like, oh, this is where we're the pinnacle of it. Um, we learn stuff every every week. You know, we learn stuff every time we're cooking and we can find somebody that, that wants to be passionate about that. They won't ever have to worry about anything. Like we're gonna take care of them for sure. Well, Joe, Drew, the whole crew, we, we can't thank you guys enough for coming on the show. We finally got to eat some Zavala's barbecue today. And, and they it, hadn't sold out. And they had not sold out and it exceeded our expectations. And we're in a Texas barbecue world now where every time you turn around, there's 25 new joints opening up. Some of them are great, some of them are not. You guys definitely knocked it out of the park today and uh, we're looking forward to our next trip out. Yeah, if you are ever on a Friday night, you know where to find us. Y'all come drink some cold beers with us for sure. Sounds like a plan. Thanks everybody.